as a host of a show like this. This is the Rich Eisen Show. The magic four words. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. I told you so. October 19th is when I told you so. The Rich Eisen Show. I said the Golden State Warriors were going to win the NBA championship this year. Today's guests, Jets head coach Robert Sala, Raiders tight end Darren Waller, Sports Center host Scott Van Pelt, plus your phone calls and more. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Well, hey everybody, welcome to this edition of the Rich Eisen Show live from Los Angeles, California. Three more hours of fun, frolic, news, information, pop culture, conversation right here on NBC Sports on Peacock and NBC Sports Audio, Sirius XM Channel 85. The Rich Eisen Show Terrestrial Radio Network is up and Adam with this program today. We say hello, anybody listening on Odyssey, our podcast listeners listening whenever you darn well please because that is your right whenever you download this podcast. Hopefully subscribe and join the RSS feed, youtube.com slash Rich Eisen Show over 430,000 strong on the subscription list right there. Good to see you over there, Christopher Brockman. How are you, sir? Hey, Rich, what's happening, man? DJ Mikey D's back in the hey. chair, fresh hey. off of uh, work in the USFL final for Fox. Good to see you over there. Not Mikey. a finals this week, but I will. Oh, I'm, finals. I'm, okay. Don't worry. I'm glad you were. Good to Thank see you. you. Light the candle, TJ Jefferson. TJ Jefferson is lighting the candle right here on the Rich Eisen so Show. Again, 844-204-RICH is the number to dial for everybody out there who wants to uh, to take part in today's program. So, uh, today uh, is a day that there is a parade in San Francisco, California, down Market Street, or up Market Street, I don't know the direction. <laughs> but um, it's, uh, it's a parade for the Golden State Warriors, and it's only fitting that there is a parade today because just yesterday, just yesterday, what would have been a Game 7, what was a big U.S. Open final round and. Brookline, Massachusetts, just yesterday, I successfully defended my title of best dad ever for four consecutive years. Back to back, back to back. How do we know that? With this yeah, title I mean, of the sign that's right in front of me. So I appreciate your congratulations. Well, and no, um, no, no, and so yeah, it's, yeah, a, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a great day for me. I voted for Brockman this Thank year. I'm you, okay. I'm no, he doesn't have the sign like I do, and uh, that's huh. what you need to, to start. Um, <laughs> Chris, I gave you my vote. Oh, that's all right. There's another reason why I want to bring up the parade. Because um, <laughs> the Warriors are celebrating their championship today that uh, I, I proffer to say few saw coming like I did. Um, and <laughs> few saw coming uh, fresh off of, you know, their worst record of the bubble year based on all those awful injuries suffered by Clay Thompson. And Steph Curry hurt his hand 15 and 50, led to James Wiseman's drafting first overall. He didn't even play this year. They still won it all. Uh, it's Jordan Poole's 23rd birthday today, and he hey. gets a, uh, a present of a, of a, of a parade. Um, and, um, so few saw that coming, but it all really started, uh, in 2019 after the, uh, Warriors lose the NBA finals to Kawhi Leonard's Toronto Raptors and Kevin Durant blows out his Achilles in that loss. And then Clay Thompson, his knee, and it's just a total disaster. And then, uh, Durant leaves Durant leaves to form his own combination of a super team, if you will, with uh, Kyrie Irving in Brooklyn, New York, 
And we all thought that's a brutal day for the Golden State Warriors, a brutal sequence for the Golden State Warriors. And snap cut to today where the Golden State Warriors are celebrating a championship. And this one minus Durant, post-Durant, has got to taste the sweetest. As I mentioned on Friday, the day after they won it all in Boston. And it's also fitting on this day, Shams Sharania of The Athletic tweeting out that it looks like the Nets and Kyrie are at an impasse in conversations about his future in Brooklyn, clearing the way for the seven-time All-Star to consider the open market. He's got an opt-in, a player opt-in for about $37 bucks this year. And Shams even mentioned the Lakers and the Knicks expected to emerge among potential suitors. If you hit that link on The Athletic, as I did, you also saw the Clippers are involved in that. But here on the day, the Warriors are having a parade in San Francisco to celebrate their championship after Durant that nobody saw coming, based on everything I just said. The Durant-Kyrie marriage appears to be breaking up. Or Nets Kyrie marriage appears to be breaking up. I find that uh, fascinating. How the basketball gods sometimes laugh and wink at all of us. And I'm sure the Warriors deep down won't comment on something like that. But you know, you know the fact that Durant left and they are winners again. And if you look at the Warriors future and the Nets future, we all know if you had 100 opportunities to lay your hard-earned American cash on them out of those 100 you would choose the Warriors out over the Nets 100 times not a single soul would say you know I'm gonna take the Nets future over the Warriors future even with the aging trio of Clay and Steph and Draymond with the rest of the franchise the way it looks and roster the way it looks amazing what a difference three years makes And so, let's take a look at Kyrie Irving, shall we? Based on the news that, again, the Shams Sharania of The Athletic is saying that there's an impasse between the Nets and Kyrie for a long-term deal, longer than the one-year player option. And um, looks like Kyrie can hit the open market. And that would lead to a Lakers or a Knicks or even a Clippers signing. And all I could say is, is I don't know which one I'd want to see more just in terms of a rubberneck. You want Kyrie Irving on the Clips? I mean... TJ Jefferson, do you want Kyrie Irving on the Clippers? It's a simple yes or no answer. It's never that simple. It's, it's, of course it is. Well, you might be like, yeah, well, I could have Kyrie, but I have to give up Kawhi. Then the answer is no. You're not no. giving up Kawhi. That's not going to happen. Clearly, they'd have to have, they'd have yeah. to give up other so, pieces. I'm saying, depending on the pieces that you lose. But yeah, as long as... Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are still on the team? I would say that they would still be on the team and you'd add Kyrie Irving. You'd want to have him in the mix. I'd I'd be willing to take that chance. Okay, and there's not any concern. By the way, I appreciate you you biting in that way. There's no concern that ever since he made that move away from LeBron, which I think surprised all of us. Remember when when Kyrie said he wanted to be his own star on a team you didn't want to be Robin to LeBron's Batman we were all looking at 
that story as a prism or a window into LeBron's issues and faults, if you remember, right? <laughs> remember at the time we were all looking at it, LeBron must have made life difficult for Kyrie <laughs> that he wants to leave LeBron. And ever since then, every single maneuver that has occurred, it's Kyrie that's at the center of it. Maybe it was Kyrie and his thoughts, processes, processing, heart, want to, can do, all of them. Maybe it's on him. Because you ask a Celtic fan if they are better off post-Kyrie. Yep. There's your answer. (laughs) How many Net fans reading this news today are like, oh man, they can't lose Kyrie. That would be dreadful. What are we going to do? Maybe some. But there's a bunch saying, I'd love to see what this team looks like without him. And there must be, that. There, there's an iceberg and we're just seeing the tip, man. I'll tell you that. There's got to be a lot of ice under that Brooklyn water, man. If they are balking at giving him a long-term deal. So you want him? Let's see what happens. Because every single last of his two stops, he and his remarkable talent, He's one of the best at the position scoring and distributing. That's why he'll always get a chance. I get it. You know, that's he is insanely talented. Because if you can eliminate all the other junk and you just put the man on, yeah, on the basketball court, bro, yeah. there is very few better. But the the, but the, the yeah, basketball the world is isn't there. the basketball yeah. world isn't flat. <laughs> this is true. Maybe we could get him on a boat with El Tufo. They go. It's around and it out. keeps spinning. And it looks like it's spinning out of Brooklyn. So the question is, where would you want it? So the Clippers would be interesting. Kyrie joins Kawhi just as he's coming back and hooks up with he and playoff P. Palmdale P. And whoever is still around on that team with Teron Liu, I think, as you know, has a history with winning championships with that particular player in Kyrie Irving? Pretty much the reason why I'd be like, this is sure, Okay, okay. If anyone so might these be able work, to steer These him. things work. These things work. And it would be interesting if he joins the Clippers, just as the Lakers are at that crossroads with LeBron. So LeBron and Kyrie in the same building, just not on the same team. Well, that would be the pretty... same building for long, though. Okay. If that were well, this year, this they would year. be in the same building, which may or may not still be called Crypto.com. I shouldn't laugh <laughs> for all the people taking baths wow. right now. But so... You could wow. make a case that that would be fascinating, right? Yeah, fascinating. For sure. Okay. There's a story there. If he joins the Lakers. Oh, man. Now, the question would be, do the Lakers get out of their Westbrook conundrum? They have to. Yeah. Is it po- Again, you read Shams' story and your head starts spinning because he lays it all out there about – how to make this happen, Kyrie's got to opt in with Brooklyn and then they trade him for salary cap purposes and certain players need to come east from Los Angeles in order to make it work. A third team may have to be involved. I don't have the slide rule. I don't have the the Larry Bird, you know, 
numbers or all of that business. Kyrie is on a player option for 22-23 for $37 million. Right. So So I know that, but some salaries have to match. So it's not as simple as like, yeah, Westbrook's gone and Kyrie comes here and everybody goes back to their homes. Which, do you think Brooklyn would want Westbrook with Durant? Two-thirds of the old Oklahoma City Thunder combo with Ben Simmons? Simmons, Westbrook, Durant? Seth Curry, I don't know who would have to come along with Kyrie and make it happen. Is it just Kyrie? I don't know. I if so let's just say that. Kyrie. Let's just say Kyrie is there. With, with, it would be Kyrie and LeBron again with Anthony Davis. That's pretty remarkable. That's an upgrade. Yeah, I don't like that. <laughs> that is a big time upgrade. But then you'd see if Kyrie, you know, like the. If the Uncle Drew era Kyrie can actually be reincarnated, where he is somebody who can defer to LeBron and win another championship with LeBron and be able to handle that, well, you could only win championships with LeBron, whatever stupidity comes out of the sports talk blathering. As if he cares. I don't know what he cares about. And if this doesn't happen... If this doesn't happen, and it's not because the Lakers couldn't make it work cap-wise or whatever, it's because the Lakers didn't want to do it? What windows does that say about LeBron and Kyrie? What does that say about Kyrie? Maybe we use LeBron as the window of looking at Kyrie this time, as opposed to the other way around, like it used to be back in Cleveland. But to me, call me crazy, and I am because of the gravitational pull of the wormhole. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh. It would be amazing if the Knicks decided to go and get Kyrie Irving. Oh, my God. Would that just be a spectacular setup? First of all, Kyrie would play out of his mind just because he's geographically closer to his home of New Jersey. He doesn't have to go past the island of Manhattan. Do you know how many bridges you have to, tunnels you have to go through? I can't imagine the traffic just for him to go back to New Jersey, which is where he's from. And he could then shoot a video arriving on the other side of the Brooklyn Bridge to herald his return closer to his ancestral home of New Jersey. Oh, gosh. And the Knicks fans who would just react. The same Knicks fans who, it's interestingly enough to remember, on this day there's a Warriors parade. The parade of Knicks fans who celebrated that season opening win over the Bucks, Like they had just won the championship outside of Penn Station going ape for every camera with a light on it. Recording their joy to go 1-0 and in an eventual playoff missing season. Dolan, do it. Please, you'll screw it up. It'll just go so south, so sour. It will be great to watch. It'll be amazing. Oh, boy. Because the Knicks have a history of choosing people on the back end of their careers who are poor fits for the team. The Julius Randle carriage is already turned back into a pumpkin. I love the coach. Trust me, I love the coach. And I love that arena. Oh, my God, I grew up in it. 
Tell me it's not the greatest move if the Knicks go and get Kyrie just for the rubberneck. <laughs> I know you want the Lakers deep down, Chris, because you want to see I him do, come I here do. and implode and drag LeBron's remaining yep. window of championship into caliber the, play right him. down into the yeah. deep bottom of the sea next to Davy Jones's locker. You want to see that happen? Any reference? Uh, yeah, it'd be hilarious. Yeah. I mean, no other way to put it. It'd be funny. Oh, boy. I think, though, that would be the one that works out the best. If he comes here and plays with LeBron and the two of them team up one more time for another championship for LeBron here and Kyrie gets to get a spot out in Malibu if he wants to see the sunset, although (laughs) it is very far away from New Jersey, um, you know. I weirdly don't think LeBron would want Kyrie. I don't know. Well, we're going to find out, won't we? Or to see how much influence he has. Because it seems that Kyrie and the Nets are breaking up. Which is hard to do unless you're talking about Kyrie Irving, it seems here. Supremely talented. Wickedly talented, to use the old phrase. Wicked. He's the Adele Dazeem of the NBA. (laughs) (laughs) Wickedly wickedly talented. Adele Dazeem. Is what he is. welcome. The wickedly talented one and only Adele Dazeem. There you go. (laughs) What would be Kyrie's uh, Travolta name, I wonder? I don't know. That site's still up. It would be Adele Dazeem as well. I don't know. He's wickedly talented, but who the hell knows what else is coming. I'm telling you, in Brooklyn, there's an iceberg. We're just seeing just the tip. Let's take a break here. Oh, gosh. Uh, We've got on the program um, Robert Sala of the New York Jets. The head coach is going to be joining us with the timber. Laying the wood for the New York Jets. And his voice, Robert Sala, fresh off of the old old mandatory minicam of the the Jets. The Travolta name generator still exists. Uh, Kyrie Irving is Kyle Grizzen. Kyle Grizzen, everybody. Kyle Grizzen. I like it. Very good. Robert Sala. What a great, what a great generator that is. Thank God it lives on today. It still lives on. Uh, Robert Sala's on the program. Darren Waller is going to join us shortly on this program. I don't know, is he aware that I've been caping quite a bit for his Las Vegas Raiders? Is he aware of that? He gonna learn today. Robert Sala is Robbie Sanchez. Okay, Robbie Sanchez will join us. What's Darren Waller? Right, well, Darren Waller. Real quick. <laughs> and then dude Scott Van Pelt is going to join us in hour three to talk about Matt Fitzpatrick's remarkable U.S. Open victory over Will Zalatoris. Uh, Darren Waller is Damian Walger. Damian Walger <laughs> will join us in about uh, 20 minutes time. And... Yep. And Scott Van Pelt is in hour number three. Stuart Dune. Stuart Dune (laughs) will join us. Shout out out 2013 for this. (laughs) Gotta love it. Let's take a break to play us out. Right here on the Rich Eisen show. Don't I don't need to know what my Travolta name is. No, no, no. We're going to break. Roll your break. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices make sure that you see the lowest price guarantee 
and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase. So all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Visit GameTime.co for restrictions. Again, create an account, redeem my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with ebay guaranteed fit your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show, 844-204-RICH is the number to dial here on the program. T.J. Jefferson, uh, I think we've struck a, a chord here on this program, I'm not going to lie. You think? Uh, yeah. You said, let's do uh, one a day, not just the vitamin, but <laughs> let's do uh, once a day mm-hmm. until we've run through every division in the NFL, the number one player in the history of every single franchise in the NFL, division by division. Yes, no sir. Mount Rushmore. There's not four. It's just one. Just one. And so we've done it for the AFC East. And then because Craig Kilborn was here, uh, Mr. Viking fan himself, last Friday, we did the NFC North in advance of Darren Waller of the Raiders organization joining us. Let's do the AFC West. Now, this is going to be tough. Very. This was tough. hard. I think the Broncos is going to be your easiest choice, the Chargers' second easiest. Mm-hmm. Then the Chiefs will be... It's like you saw the list, but tougher, I know you haven't seen the list. Some, I mean, tougher, and then the Raiders. Good luck to you, sir. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay. realizing that I'm going to get a lot of hatred, I think, on YouTube yeah. after... The Raiders, I think, is the easiest. Is it really? I don't know, man. There's a lot of great players in the history of the, the Raiders. Yeah, I know, but only one has the most iconic Super Bowl play ever. Maybe so. I don't know. Can you choose somebody who hates the franchise? I think so. Okay, here we go. <laughs> you have to. Uh, or has a major problem with the franchise? <laughs> Thank you for the music. Thank you, Michael. TJ Jefferson, the floor is yours. All right, Rich, well, like you said, as we continue with this greatest players in franchise history thing we've been doing, the Broncos was indeed the easiest. A lot of great players, but ultimately came down to John Elway, put him there. Uh, as for the Chargers, mm-hmm. again, tough, super tough. Oh, this one kept me up for a few hours last night, but I went with LT, Ladani and Tomlinson. Uh, for the Chiefs, it boiled down to two guys. It was Tony Gonzalez. It was the late, great Derek Thomas. This was really tough. Until about an hour ago, I had Derek Thomas there. I switched it to Tony Gonzalez. And for the Raiders, Marcus Allen, he was my pick. And that was probably the toughest one that I've had to do this entire series was the Marcus Allen. Wow. Well, Elway was... I agree with you. Elway's the easiest. As a matter of fact, I I believe I saw on Twitter today, Sunday Night Football retweeted it into my timeline. Like, what's the number... Who do you think of when you see the number seven in the NFL? 
and they just tweet out, shout it out. So I just retweeted yeah. Elway. I mean, you see the number seven, period. Yeah, for anybody. So it's Elway, I agree. I think, Chris, if I you, think modern, though, it's probably Big Ben. But yeah, I feel you on them. Chris, if you recall, like last year, there was some quarterback stuff going around, and Elway seemed to be taking a lot of like shrapnel. And we were both like, do people forget how great John Elway I don't. was? Like, I don't. I don't understand. I, when you ask for your Mount Rushmore of yeah. quarterbacks, I put him on it. Yeah. I put him on it. And he's on the uh, NFL 100 all-time team, and I didn't bat an eyelash for that at all. So, but the Chargers, you screamed, oh man, for LaDainian Tomlinson. Who are you, who are you going with instead of LaDainian Tomlinson? I think you, uh, offensive players in the history of the league. I kind of think it should be Fouts. Fouts? I think. I mean, he was kind of a great modern passer before it was a modern passing league. The other person, look, if you keep on, I, I hear people rag on my, my, Goat Joe Willie, right? Because of his, just look at his numbers. Yeah, there was a he lot. Fouts' of that. numbers were incredible for his time as well. Right, and they stood up the test of time for quite some time in this passing league. But if if I would replace Ladanian Tomlinson, um, it would be with Junior Sale. And that was it. Came down to number fifty five in your program, right? And and Junior, yeah. Okay, so you know you could you could make that case for Sale now. Ask me about the Chiefs in 2025, 2026. Yeah, it might be different. I think it's Mahomes. I think, and basically, Richard came down to this. I I think Tony Gonzalez is the greatest tight end of all time, with all due respect to Grunt. No doubt. So, therefore, that's why I gave him the edge there. But, I mean, in terms of when, when when they won it, 50 years. I mean, that's 50 years, a half century waiting and now they are perennial Super Bowl contenders perennial the Chiefs with Gonzalez didn't even win a playoff game play, yeah I know okay, so are you so, saying would you put Mahomes there now look Len Dawson to, was in contention I have to think about it MVPs Super Bowl MVP Super Bowl win AFC championship games consecutive over and over again Year in, year out, they lose Tyreek Hill, and the only reason why you're not throwing them out is because, for well, I mean, there's a handful of reasons, but he's the primary one of them. <laughs> I mean, we're sitting here talking. Would you, if he, all right, we'll do this. If he didn't play another game, would no. no, no, no. Isn't he in the Hall of Fame? No, no, no. He's not? No. Hmm. I don't know, man. I know he's got to play a few more years, technically, but... Can you tell this? You can. It's tough to tell the story of the NFL right now without mentioning Patrick Mahomes and what the Chiefs and what he's been doing for a five-year stretch, four or five-year stretch, and forevermore. People who go from never playing to unbelievable, it'll be like, can he be like Patrick Mahomes? Henry Winkler loves him. How dare you? <laughs> he's going to give him ricotta chicken with a nice reduction. I mean, he's played four seasons. All right, I will allow that. Chiefs. Was, so that what, was what, about the, what about the Raiders? The Raiders. Oh look, my I mean, gosh! They, the number of Allen, Raiders. Gene Upshaw, Tim Brown, you know, Art Shell, uh, Kenny Stabler. I mean, uh, Cliff Branch. The, the list of, goes on. A lot of good Raiders. Blitnikoff, the Stork, Ted Hendricks. I mean, good lord. There's a ton of them. Jack Tatum, Lester Hayes. I'm down with Plunkett. Plunkett. 
But, you know, Marcus Allen, I think it boiled down to what you said, Chris, that run in the Super Bowl is so iconic. And I know you can't just go by one play. Otherwise, Timmy Smith would be the uh, Washington football team's guy. But I don't know. Marcus Allen, again, one of the greatest to ever run the ball yeah, in addition to his right. skill as a pass catcher. Um, just super talented. But again, I, I, I'll accept all I know. I would, back on any of these because, you know. Well, one the, thing I, you, you, you know, you know is Raider Nation has a voice and they yeah. will use it. They will utilize it, you know. And of course, just like you asked last time or two times ago when we did the AFC East, are we including coaches? Because Shula would have been that. Would have been the Dolphins. Over yeah. Marino, right? Right. Madden would be no, in the mix. No doubt. For this conversation if we allowed coaches and we're not doing that. Right. Because it would have been a fascinating conversation that you would have led for us if coaches were allowed and the Patriots came up. That old age conversation is which one meant more to the franchise. It Brady meant, or Belichick. That's not the debate. I mean, they should name the Super Bowl trophy after Bill. Well, uh, Michael Irvin has said that. Yeah. They should... Could you imagine the hue and cry from the state of Wisconsin if we were removing Lombardi's name from the trophy and put Belichick's on it? Oh, it'd be a boo-hoo fest. Sorry. And as you know, I've asked Michael Irvin to please, the next time the Patriots <laughs> make the Super Bowl, go into Bill Belichick's press conference and bounce that one off him. He might be the only person who could get away with doing it. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you who would not ask that question is me. Right. <laughs> All right, very well done. I think I'm, uh, you know, I'm. I struggled with that one, Rich. I struggled with that one, guys. That was that was a tough one, and um, I can already feel just daggers from some of these fans. But again, if you're a fan of these teams, you have to admit every player listed has to be in your short list for greatest. Totally. Okay. Marcus Allen was so good. He sure was. Let's take a break. We'll come back. Um, We're figuring out what the scoop is with Darren Waller. He's going to join us either next or in the second hour. Scott Van Pelt, top of hour number three. Robert Sala, the top of hour number two. That's how we're rolling on this Monday on the Rich Eisen Show. Hey, folks, it's time for the NFL draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, I'm just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So sleep number helps me. My sleep number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because sleep number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks sleep number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in store. And now save 40% on the sleep number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. 
Back here on our program on NBC Sports on Peacock and more. The Callaway Rogue Irons, folks. Everybody should go get a set because there's four different offerings. So make sure that uh, you check out the offerings uh, that I'm about to lay out for you to see how they fit with your game. All Rogue ST Irons, you should know, are uh, engineered using artificial intelligence using high-strength 450 steel. It's the only irons ever to do so. But there's four different types. The Rogue ST Max is for the largest grouping of players because of their refined game improvement shaping, incredible combination of speed, forgiveness, and all-around performance. Your Lotus mid-single-digit handicap for the Rogue ST Pro's got a hollow body construction. Sleek, compact player shape just for you. The Max OS is the best game improvement model. That's for mid to high handicappers. High launch, wide soles, enhanced offset. You'll love it. Max OS likes the most forgiving high launch iron. Players with slower swing speeds, you should use that. No other irons perform like the new Rogue ST irons. Find your Rogue ST irons at CallawayGolf.com slash go rogue. Later on in this program, Scott Van Pelt of the worldwide leader in sports will join us top of hour number three to talk about the United States Open. Um, for the first time, a U.S. Open held in Boston, Massachusetts, slash Brookline, Massachusetts, did not go to a playoff. It looked like it would, so however, close. Uh, with uh, Scotty Scheffler already in the clubhouse and Will Zalatoris out on the course with uh, Matt Fitzpatrick. Um, Fitzpatrick with a, a one-shot lead. Zalatoris right in the middle of the fairway, and Fitzpatrick was in a bunker mm. in the fairway with you know his ball looking like it could potentially hit some mound of grass that it's not grass it's 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 nasty garbage is really what it was (laughs) and and all he does is just aim a little bit left and the contact he made out of that bunker to throw it over the flag sticking on the green that was all she wrote and zalatoris almost forced the playoff anyway but what a shot that was in that bunker to get it on the green and to win it and be wrapping it up and win this without there being a playoff is something that we'll be talking about uh, for the U.S. Open forever and a day. I mean, it's going to be that bunker shot. And as a matter of fact, you know, according to ESPN, Sandy Lyle in the 88 Masters was the last to be in a bunker on the fairway and do par, make par or better to wrap up a major championship. That was the wow. last time we've seen anybody with a difficult shot to win a championship, a major championship, to be in the fairway bunker and shoot par or better to wrap up a major championship. It had been that long. What a shot that was. What a shot. What a tournament. The, the course was awesome. The conditions really played a factor. The, the rough. Uh, the wind, it was great. The fans were awesome. You know, you heard a bunch of Fitzy chants. And, man, Zalatoris, Rich, like you said, a third of an inch off the left edge from making that putt. Uh, I feel bad for him. That's now two majors in a row. He finished second. He yeah. lost the playoff, obviously, to Justin Thomas in the PGA. And to come that close to forcing a two-hole playoff with Fitzpatrick, uh, he's going to get one at some point, but – can't help but feel bad for Will Zalatoris. So it's on to the final major coming up next month, the Open Championship at St. Andrews. Tiger's supposed to be there. It's going to be Phil's going to be back again. What a dreadful week it was for Phil Mickelson. It's now on to um, Oregon for the Live Tour. They're they're now back on the clock this week. 
Yeah, we'll see who else uh, joins up. Well, a lot apparently of rumor- Patrick Reed. Is- a lot of rumors. Yeah, Patrick Reed's going to go. Abraham Answer, I think, is going to jump as well. So we'll see uh, what other names join the Lyft tour. I mean, the money is just significant to, uh, because it sure ain't the competition. Down, yeah. It's sure not the competition where, you know, there's no cut, 54 holes, you know. Sure is not that. It's just the money. It's just straight up right into the bank account. That's all it is. I mean, is anybody preparing to see where where, where can we watch the Oregon swing of the, the live tour this week? Is anybody... Getting ready, live watch parties. It's literally just I mean, on their YouTube channel. <laughs> so we'll talk about that with uh, with uh, Scott Van Pelt when he joins us at the top of hour number three on this show. Robert Sala of the Jets coming up at the top of hour number two. So a um, couple of stories. Um, the Washington Post was all over. One of them breaking right now is the uh, fact that let me get the committee correct. We all know everybody's talking about the January 6th committee going on in Congress, um, that the, the next version of that is Tuesday. And on Wednesday, the House Oversight Committee is uh, holding a hearing on the workplace practices of the Washington commanders. And my boss, the commissioner of the NFL, is going to testify via remote. I guess he'll be zooming in. Roger Goodell zooming in. And zooming out is Daniel Snyder, the uh, owner of the Washington Commanders. He's said that he is not going to testify at the moment. Um, And um, we'll see what happens there. But the story that leapt out at me from the Washington Post on Friday, Mark Maskey of the Washington Post on Friday, as soon as we went off the air, uh, reported that the league is... Seeking a significant, that's the word he used, suspension of Deshaun Watson. And one source on Watson's side of the case said the league was probably, that's the quote he used there, will seek a suspension of a full season. Calendar year of the NFL telling Deshaun Watson, you're out. Now, There is a process that we have really yet to see in effect because this was collectively bargained by the union and the league last time around that there is an independent investigator that is looking into this and that if this investigator comes up with a decision of no suspension, that's the end of it. But if the investigator comes up with any suspension the league and the commissioner have the right to alter it the league can say fewer games the league could say more games and then that goes to appeal so this thing's going to play out for a while and guess what it looks messy because according to mark maskey the players association um also gave a little bit of a birdie talk to him in the same way that someone from the league told Mark Maskey, we're looking at something significant. The Players Association's like, uh, we're, we're going to actually um, take the stance that Watson shouldn't have that significant suspension because certain owners of the NFL were involved in salacious matters and they didn't get that suspension handed to them. And uh, the name that was mentioned uh, to be working with the Players Association for this, is somebody who um, 
the NFL uh, kind of doesn't like. Let's just put it that way. His name is Jeffrey Kessler. Does that name ring a bell to you? Yeah. Okay. So ugliness is coming. And this was something that happened on Friday. You know how I feel about what's going on with Deshaun Watson, his, his case, and the depositions that are now coming to light that have already been taken in the civil suits and more civil suits being added with more details that are vile, if true, and Watson is doing a dreadful job talking about it. Dreadful. The word salad coming out of his mouth that came out of his mouth last week, absolutely lacking. And the court of public opinion is wide open on this. And the cases are beyond the pale in terms of numbers and so far away from being handled. I guess discovery in the pre-trial for all of this stuff on the civil side of things is, ends at the end of this month. So at least there's that's around the corner. But if he gets suspended significantly, I think he should be on the commissioner's exempt list. I think he should be off the field right now. But the league, I guess, is going to make a move before training camp. And if he does get suspended for, say, a year, I, I, I wouldn't bat an eyelash on that. Calvin Ridley got a year for for making horrible making a horrible mistake, but also dreadful bets. But you know, I mean, uh, th- this to me sounds like uh, uh, totally understandable based on again what I've seen in his utter lack of being able to describe it. And if the new case is coming out proves that he hasn't been straight up with the league who apparently he met with for four days or the the Browns. Well, then that's definitely all she wrote on that. If he gets a year, easily the worst contract a team has ever given a player, ever. Because they, Browns, backed Watson's play by not only guaranteeing every dollar of his contract, but in the first year alone where he was most open to being suspended, they had his back by creating a a construct where only one of the $46 million is subject to being lost due to a suspension. The other $45 million goes right into his bank. So the Browns would essentially pay him $45 million for sitting out for a year based on his behavior that they knew about and also knew is entirely possible that there's stuff that they didn't know. In advance, I'm telling you right now, two things. One, if that year-long suspension comes, easily the worst contract a team has ever given a player, ever. Here's $45 million for you to absolutely embarrass us. Here's $45 million for us to yoke our reputation to yours. And you don't play it down. And we'll, we'll get through it with Jacoby Brissett. Or throw ourselves at Baker Mayfield. Like, that's the, those would be their best options on the spot. For a team that's ready and filled with players who are ready to go right now. Who yeah. are, by the way, terrific. Good team. And would be thoroughly let down by the whole process. 
That's one. Two, before a down even gets played in 2022, Deshaun Watson would be the number one quarterback under the most pressure, to use the parlance of shows like this and time (laughs) slots like this. Yeah, I don't think there's any denying 2023, that. <laughs> the quarterback under the most pressure, period. Number one, don't talk to me about anybody else, and I don't care what happens between now and then. So it won't be Dak is what you're don't saying. Don't talk to me about Rodgers or Dak or yes. anybody else. He's already in that position now as far as I'm concerned. He's on the list Okay, sure. because because then both player and team would flush one of the five guaranteed years right down the toilet. And he'd be gone two years in a row. And the Browns would have a ready-made roster to win right now. And the year could be so long, with all due respect to Jacoby Brissett. Or Baker Mayfield, who, by the way, if they throw themselves at him and somehow he grants their request to play for them, which you know I told you, GTFOH is what he's going to tell them. But putting it all together, okay, he would... If he wins, I'd root for him so significantly. Baker Mayfield? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. He would rehabilitate his career, win for the Browns, walk off and say, floor is yours, Deshaun. Good for you. Good luck. Browns, you're on the hook for $46 million per all guaranteed. How's that escrow taste? Oh, God. Tell me how my escrow tastes. Tell me how my escrow tastes (laughs) is what he would basically say. But, again, I've told you, I don't think that's going to happen. I think he's going to be on another team. You're already hearing the Carolina Panthers say what they're saying about their quarterback's position. But that's what I thought of when I read this story in the Washington Post on Friday, that the league is considering a serious, significant suspension for Watson. You know. One full year. See you later. And that's the way the league should go because what happens if they make a move, and I I know they can adjust a suspension as they see fit if that works. But So if they go less than that and more stuff comes out, it'll be like, how did you not know? What didn't you know? Blah, blah, blah. blah. Why why don't you speak to that person? Why don't you speak to that one? Just cover your base. See you later. We'll see you in 2023. You've done a horrible job explaining yourself. The Browns, you made this move too bad. Browns fans, some of them are already defending Deshaun Watson in a way. I feel like, you know, I'm saving my thumb movements to go back at these folks. It's just like, I see what you're saying. Whatever. You want to defend somebody who's never played it down for you because you believe in the Haslams? Good luck to you. Good luck to you. How much would it take? Let's say you're, I'm making you Baker Mayfield, Rich. How much would it take? From the Browns, money-wise, to play this year. You can't give him any more. It's his contract. You can't adjust his contract. That thing's done. Yeah. That's no, you done. Could, you could give him a $30 million bonus if you felt like I it. don't believe those are rules that you can actually do. <laughs> I mean, hey, 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 Baker. I don't, I'm I don't leaving, think. I'm leaving a suitcase at the corner of. Yeah, right. Yeah, you're going to have to talk about some at, Browns at paper bag money. Right sounds there. great. Just go pick it up. Sounds great. <laughs> Here's a key. Yeah, I know. Yeah, to a here's safety a key deposit to a locker box. at the Cleveland Municipal <laughs> yeah, bus station. Yeah. Code word progressive. Like 40 more <laughs> million? Yeah, no. Sorry. You got to do something. Sorry. Something. That's what I thought. I thought to me, what a, what a whole, I mean, the whole team's on hold. Baker's on hold. The team's on hold. They're on hold. 
And I guess if they know before training camp, then, then you know, and they've got a spectacularly good coach. I love this guy. Tough spot. Kevin Stefanski, I love him. Miles Garrett is a warrior. I mean, they have got some players. Amari Cooper is ready and waiting. You got it set up. And you don't know who the quarterback's going to be. And it sure doesn't look like it's going to be like, what would it possibly have to happen to allow Deshaun Watson to appear for game one this year? It's just not happening. You already see the, oh, the, yeah, the, what the league happening. is, the indication of what the league's going to do. And the Players Association is drawing a battle line, and they're going to go for it in the courts. And there's not going to be any way, shape, or form Deshaun Watson suits up for this team in week one after I read that story on Friday. And then the question is, how long is it going to be? If it's a year, worst contract teams ever given somebody, Deshaun Watson under the most pressure of any quarterback in 2023, and there hasn't even been a training camp snap in 2022. That's what I thought on all those fronts. Robert Sala of the New York Jets coming up next on the Rich Eisen Show. Darren Waller in the ether. And Scott Van Pelt, top of hour number three. Don't go anywhere here on this busy Monday. Let me just throw this out here in advance of Robert Sala. Okay. I was going to ask you how excited you are. Well, I am excited. Talk to your head coach. But, but yeah. uh, I, I want to give just some love to the uh, general manager of the New York Jets, okay. Joe Douglas. Right. Because you're seeing what's going on in Carolina. Does it look like they're, they're just like sitting there saying, Sam Donald, yeah, okay. We'll go with him. <laughs> sure. They're just a higher register yeah, right now. Register. Yeah, no, no, Sam, we got him. He looked good last year. He was 3-0, and we like what he looks like in the spring, and that's great. Sure. We'll take him. Robbie Anderson. Hey, Robbie, you want to you wanna be here? You, you, you're, you're thinking of retiring? I'm, I'm here, aren't I? <laughs> Jets used to have both of them. <laughs> Not their problem anymore. And the pick that they used... They got in uh, the trade for Darnold. They turned into Brees Hall. Okay. Win. Check that box. Check that box. You started over with a quarterback, too. Not, your quarterback's not anywhere near that much money on your roster. $18 million plus? No, thank you. No, thank you. And I love Jamal Adams. You know how I feel about Jamal Adams, right? Well, you, yeah, I you love him. The Prez is yeah, great. I love Prez, him. Yeah. But it wasn't. His team anymore. He didn't really want to be there. The Je- I mean, I, he said he wanted to be there, but I think he wanted out. He knew what was going on there, F- close and personal with Adam Gase and everything going on, looking at tacos in his pre in his in his in his welcome press conference, all that mo- nonsense. As the meme, <laughs> they took a safety, a safety, and turned a safety, even though he plays unlike any other safety, turned him into. Two first-rounders, Elijah Vera Tucker, who's protecting Zach Wilson, and Garrett Wilson. (laughs) Garrett Wilson, Elijah Vera Tucker, Brees Hall. That's what Joe Douglas reaped by deciding to move on from two faces of the franchise that me as a Jets fan, we all were hoping were going to be the guys who who brought a championship to, to New York City. And Robert Sala's in the middle of it. And they got Sauce. And they got Jermaine Johnson the second, And a ton of other kids last year and this year. Elijah Moore. Oh, come on now, bro. I am excited. That schedule frightens the hell out of me, though. 
I'm sure uh, it doesn't the coach who's going to join us next at the top of the next hour.